0: Dum dum Welcome to the OTL podcast. We're back for a monthly podcast again on a high. So uh, introduce my panelists tonight. You've got well, you've got my, myself, Colin Telford as the host, uh, and you've got Darren Orr coming back. So Darren, welcome back to the podcast. Hi guys, Darren. Not not just uh, a, a panel member now, but. Our sponsor so a couple of months ago you were good enough to meet our costs of the year uh, through your business stem recruitment solutions i mean a massive deal for you I, I can imagine that the phones have been ringing off the hook since we started mentioning you on on here but do you want to tell people a bit about what, what is your business
1: i've got one recruitment business um recruit for the, the stem industries but i know really i just didn't want to help you and i didn't want to pay for it myself so
0: <laughs> uh, the
1: guys said they can. My business partner said the condition is that if you mention us, then we'd, we'd fork up the what was it, what, 100 grand or something, or your expenses. So I'm um, happy to oblige
0: exactly that will keep me in uh, air trips for a few years. Uh, also, returning to the podcast, a, a man of many podcasts at the moment, Andrew Duffy. How are you, Andrew?
2: <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be back in the real
0: podcast a, a hope for you yeah Aye, so uh, a folk podcast has sprung up which records every weekend and Andrew on uh which were very good value on there winding them up uh, <laughs> and then the Alwa podcast was much more uh civil and just a nice discussion yeah. but yeah uh, so it's nice to see as many podcasts popping up I'm, I'm sure there might be more invitations before the, the, the year's done for you Andrew you're, you're known as our uh <laughs> an intelligent person to get on well seeing uh, as we beat them after each one I don't know that they. The phone will ring off the hook it's all down to europeans on the podcast cursing their teams good stuff it must be uh, and we have a debutant tonight so joining us a fellow Edinburgher, uh andrew snedden andrew welcome to the podcast all right, thanks very much for having me well, you're welcome right so we like to start when we get someone new on by just finding out a bit about how did you end up supporting airdrie so do you want to give us the the background as to how you became obsessed with the Diamonds?
3: Yeah, uh, well, I think I think like a lot of people, it's kind of, and, and with a lot of different clubs, it's like a hereditary condition. So I, I grew up abroad. I, I grew up in, in Pakistan. Um, my, my brother always tells a story about how he was listening to the BBC World Service and, uh, and listening to the, the the classified results coming in on, on some dodgy radio. And then it was, you know, every one, two clicks. And he was like, Dad... What's the Airdrie Onions? And my dad just said, That's the team you support, son. So <laughs> it's a, a kind of similar story for myself, not not much choice in the matter. But then we, we, we moved back here. Um, I believe myself and my brother were actually in the, the Airdrie and Coat Bridge advertisers, a, a couple of weirdos from the other side of the world that supported Airdrie. Um, and the wee snap of us on the back page with our Airdrie tops on, proudly wearing them. So um, yeah, that's it. And it's just kind of been since then. And then obviously, since moving back to Scotland at a young age, it's just been, I uh, just, just, just part of it. So
0: so when did you move back? Uh,
3: I, moved, I moved back just way to, at the end of primary school, so I was about 10, ten years old or something like that. So um, moved to Edinburgh, surrounded by Jambos and, and highbies, and, and there was me, this, this weird kid, kind of proudly wearing his airdrie top all the time in PE. Um, but it, it kind of paid off when we you know, beat the Hearts in the League Cup and things like
0: that. Well, guess. Give, us, give us a sense of when it was. So what airdrie top would you have been running about in and what, oh, what players can you remember? First,
3: so um, I suppose we, we kind of, we, we did visits and we, and we were kind of back and forth a little bit and every time we were um, coming back, it would be a week kind of go to the games and things like that. So it was like late 90s, early 2000s. I suppose when I vividly remember it the most would have been, you know, the, the early 2000s, the Spanish Armada and the, the Challenge Cup winning teams. Um, so probably favourite players at the time. I remember really liking Fabrice Moreau. I just thought he was class. Uh, and, and probably the last ex PSG player that, that we've had. Um, and I think Paul Armstrong, as well, actually was a real favourite for me. Um, the, the Northern Irish guy that used uh, to play played in the but I think he played midfield as well. And I just thought he was superb, but I, I, just, uh, I would have probably been about eight, eight or nine years old at the time. I remember coming into a game and me and my brother were asked and I pulled in to be ball boys because a couple of guys hadn't turned up. And I was on the pitch during the pre-match warm up and the ball rolled over at me from Paul Armstrong and I kicked it back to him. And he just was was good enough to spend away 20 seconds just passing the ball back and forth. And that was like, you know, meeting, meeting your absolute idol, kind of like starstruck moment, beating Paul Armstrong. So he, he, would, he would probably have to be my favourite player, or like first favourite player.
1: So. Who's your favourite? Who,
3: who's your favourite? Who's your home team in Pakistan? Then who have you been? Well, that's the thing. I, I, back I, I, in the think, day? I think that's it. Is, is that there wasn't really a local team to support <laughs> over there? <laughs> all oh, I don't think you um, tried hard enough. There must <laughs> have
1: been.
3: <laughs> we, we we
1: played it a lot,
3: um, but everybody over there was kind of cricket daft, and there wasn't really kind of any kind of league structure in for a team to follow. So um, we were the kind of Pakistan branch of the Eadie Supporters Club.
0: <laughs> so. And as talk about a hereditary condition, uh, you've passed that on to your sons, is that right? I have,
3: yes, no No choice in the matter, but they, they've loved it as well. And kind of similar to myself, I suppose, I was talk, talking to somebody about this recently, you know, same as what I'm saying about Paul Armstrong, it literally took 20 seconds and here I am like two and a bit decades later and I still remember it really, really vividly and, you know, it's, it, it takes a small amount of effort from them to, to be able to make a big impression. Um, both of my boys who are now 10 and seven have had those kind of opportunities, you know, going to the, the open kind of training session that was in, in pre-season a couple of seasons ago and getting on the park, um, you know, we, we video messages from players and stuff like that. It's, it's these, these things that literally take minutes for the players, but make a big impression. And I think when they're surrounded by a lot of guys that are wearing Man City and, and Real Madrid tops all the time in school, then it's, it's quite good to have that kind of, Connection as well to you know it's, it's not just that he goes to the games but he's also you know my older boy's been a mascot once you know he's met players he's 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 been fortunate enough to be coached by players a couple of times um, so I, I think all those kind of things help so it's so it's quite it's quite solidly um, bedded in for them now so
0: and good news. have you broken the bad news to them that were you coming on here they're disqualified from any Thomas Robert drawing competitions <laughs> in the in the future no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Right. The the last podcast we ended, but looking ahead at what was on paper a very difficult month. Uh so we had Queen of the South away, Dunfermline away, uh and home games against Alua and folk No, not not Falkirk. Yes. Oh, and Falkert, right. Okay, so Falkirk smashed them aside, uh, beat Allah, and then the two away draws. So uh, I've not been to any games. I'm not getting to a game until October. So I'm here to be informed. Uh, Andrew, I think you're you're similar with work on Saturdays. So Andrew, Duffy, talk, talk us through how's it been? You happy with that month?
2: Yeah, I mean, we're not famous for having good starts to the season. We certainly didn't have a good start last time around. Um, And I don't recall the time before that being a particularly amazing start to the season either. So um, we've come through August flying, really, haven't we? The um, two draws, you think about the draw in Dumfries, which was just a hellish day for football to go on and probably had a big part in the way the game played out. I think that's probably, you look at some of their results outside of that, it probably was a, a winnable game, perhaps in normal conditions, but I was just delighted that you go through a game like that and don't lose. It kind of put me in mind of when away for a different reason last year when we lost the game 2-1 and it was blowing like the most ridiculous storm away up there and Kerr McEnroy put a corner in straight from the, straight from the quadrant, largely wind-assisted, um, storm-assisted. It was one of those games where like that, you were just wanting to get out of there without losing, we lost that game last season this time we've come away, we are drawing terrible conditions of a different kind it was a good point I thought on Saturday at Dunfermline um, who are comfortably the best team we've played so far, but I'm fairly sure they've come away from it saying the same thing and um, you know, you, you always want to build on your home form so as well as being head away we've not lost a goal at home, we've only conceded two goals and scored ten and we've created a lot of chances, played good football, been Um, Defensively solid When you look at The the stats of it all There's been one or two Wee hairy moments But that's probably true Of any football team That that plays outside Of the elite leagues You always get the One or two wee moments But we've had a good Goalkeeper in um, On an emergency basis That's helped us out But by and large We've been comfortable At the back And productive up front So The table doesn't lie We've had a brilliant start Brilliant August (laughs) Darren, I've not
0: spoken to you even at the football because I've not been there, so what are you making of this season? I got the impression you were enjoying getting back to going to games post-Covid and stuff, but uh, does it feel even different to, to last year? I think
1: um, I mean, we're top of the league so we can't really complain and we lost Murray. it looked like it was as if we are going to lose everything and we didn't know what one players were going to go in and I think I think the more I think about it, Reese. I'm thankful for Reese for maybe the last few years. I think that his leadership won the park, his input, the fact that he's the cousin of Dicey and they're so close as well. I think that that was feeding into Murray. We've we've left strikers up front at corners. That's all I want. That's (laughs) all I want for two years. Do you know what I mean? And and possession, we used to be like nearly top leg and get promoted and just like defend for 80 minutes in the game. And win win nil, which was like rubbish to watch as well. So I've I mean I could there's loads of things I could pick holes and say that it could be better. But we're in League One and um it's a it's a good start. Peter Head, Andrew touched on it. Teams are going to go up there and they are the whipping boys in the league. They are rubbish, but somebody else is going to go up there and it's gonna be a storm. Whatever, whatever sea they're on, or whatever the North Sea or. Iris, he can't remember. But well, it's just, I mean, somebody's just going to go up there. It's going to be hellish. Nobody's going to play and they're going to drop points. And we played them on a beautiful summer's day. First game of the season when we've usually got like no points after like, four games and we're, we're back down the road. And then we played the, the, the two teams from um, the, the championship. And I mean, sometimes I I think people think that they're like a different pedigree, they're a lot faster, they're a lot stronger. And that was that was my worry about playing them Ferman and and Saturday because I couldn't make the Queens match because I was golfing, but um I wasn't being a nice trip. But the like uh, there there wasn't there wasn't much in it. And to be fair, we're a far better football team than them. They had strength and power and a better pace and they were they weren't really like a nice football team to watch. It was all Long throws and what spoiling and um, I just just a lot of shenanigans and things and professionalism going on as well. So to to come away with a draw was was fantastic and Brazil's finish was brilliant and Davini's touch was absolutely sublime. So um, no, as
2: good. Probably a bad time to mention Darren, but we are scheduled to play Peterhead away again in January, so it could be us. Well, I
1: mean, <laughs> we could have got them in November and then February. Aye. So, yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. It's, it's 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 one of them. So it's it's I'm delighted we've got we've got the two of the big the big favourites, and obviously with we, with Falkirk as well and. Um, I, I've started, like, like, watching the highlights and looking at Pye and Bovril and <laughs> maybe a bit of fever that Andrew's had over the years and, like, they got, like, got a couple of duff teams, like, could the South have been sort of struggling, it wasn't, like, being hot conditions as as people were describing and I think they played, like, Peterhead after it or someone, uh, or Edinburgh City, like, they get two, like, really easy teams after it and They've Done them up and now Allegri's brilliant, and um, Nesbitt's <laughs> awesome. Paul McGinn's like the best player in the, in the league. Leon McCann's back, thank god, like it's back on. Do you know what I mean? We're <laughs> a point behind, and and they're getting all excited. But I did, I thought they were pretty good. Folk, they popped the ball about Morrison. I worry, I think he wastes it. But it's, um, we're kind of laughing at him because we thrashed them. But I, th- I think that they need to be. We need to be worried about them as well, but we've we've got a, a start. We're not we're not playing catch up with these teams. And to be honest, I think the, the squad's like what Threadbare. We we don't have any people we can bring in to change the game. Frizzle's been brilliant, and like I think if, if Frizzle anything happens to Frizzle, then we're, we're struggling. Or Frizzella, I don't know how you say these foreign names.
0: <laughs> Andrew Sneden, what would you make about watching from the outside, getting um, excited?
1: Obviously,
3: as what's already been said, it's, it's a great start, which we're not always used to. I think I said right right from the start when when Rhys McCabe came in, first team manager. I think it's, it's important for any manager that's coming in to, to any club to have something to point to and uh, to command the kind of respect and, and get buy-in from his players. For most managers, that will be what they've done previously, whether it's you know our you know pure experience or, you know, they've won that league before, they've won these domestic competitions or they've, you know, done X, Y and Z. Now with McCabe being so young, obviously he doesn't have that. He's got a really, really good manner that comes across. We all see it on the pitch and if you're ever kind of close to the pitch as well, you can hear it. um, And and it comes across in all his interviews, but I think it's important to have more than that. Um, It's the reason why I, I don't think it's an accident that all the players that have been signed are younger than him. Now, obviously he's kind of towards the twilight years of his of his career anyway. But um, I would imagine for somebody in his position, it's maybe a bit difficult to bring in some 34, 35-year-old veteran um, and kind of bossing him around and tell him what to do. Um, he's not wanting to be undermined, so I don't think that's an accident. But I also think that's what's vital is that we had a good start, particularly given the circumstances. It's more important than it was last season under Murray because that, that gives him the, the, the buy-in from all his players. He's got in these young guys. And if we'd been, you know, gone four games and we were with two points, that's a bunch of young guys that are in, particularly the likes of Murray Johnson, who's not tasted senior football before, likes of Ben Wiley and all these academy boys that are stepping in, and they would be going, you know, oh, this, this senior football gig's hard. You know, and, and but now it's it's only a few games, yes, but that gets the buy-in from his players, and I think that's vital. He, he can then turn to them and go and basically say, right, look at those results. See, you know, that, that, that gives a backup to all his sessions. The way that he's he's running training, the way that he's doing his shaping sessions, the way that he's delivering his team talks, everything. it gives him total backing. And he just that gives him something to say, now you need to keep listening to me, you need to keep doing the things that we've put into place in training. We need to keep prioritizing these things. So I think right when he came in, I thought the first kind of four or five games were really, really important. And now that we've got past that and we're undefeated on top of the league and conceded only two goals. Those are all really, really good things. And even in the, the, the one each draw, the, uh, I wasn't there um, at the game, but I haven't watched the highlights. It's not just a result that we scraped away with. You know, that was there was a lot of really good habits. Gabby McGill could have had a couple. Um, his movement I thought was fantastic. I think he's a really underrated player. Uh, Gal had his chance as well. We had Dicey hitting the bar. And that's, that's not an accident. You know, we're not in the final third. They're not hanging on to the ball for too long. Uh, and on another day, I'm, I'm sure Dunfermline fans would be saying the same, they could, they could have had three or four, but all the habits are there. That, that wasn't an accident that we, that we managed to come away with a point and that we created chances against what is undoubtedly the, probably the, the only other uh, main challenger, obviously after the only first four or five games, sure, but um, obviously the best team we've, we've faced yet. So, yeah, it's it's really, really positive. But I think the big thing to take away is that it was so important that we got that start right and, and we have done. So it's, it's every reason, I feel feel
0: positive I think. I, I feel like Rhys McKebe just keeps proving me wrong, so before the St Mirren game we'd hardly signed anyone, oh, no chance we'll get anything here win that game. You now look at St Mirren who are doing okay in the, in the top league, uh, he's going to need an old head in the dugout or in the stand helping him interpret the game, who seems to be coping fine without it. Uh, he's he's going to need to sign some experienced players, again, like you say we're top of the league, we've played all the big teams, so uh, delighted if he keeps proving me wrong, uh, but the, the job that he's done so far is just magnificent. Uh, worried about Dundee United coming in for him or something, the way that he, <laughs> he's coming in with the news there today. Right, right, what about the new faces? So for those of us who haven't had a chance to get along, uh, Andrew Darren, talk us through the, the guys who who have appeared this year or or even uh, has anybody stepped up this year in terms of the performances that you, you've seen? I think we, we
2: both, um, Darren and I, share a, a love of Adam Frizzle. Um, the way he's stepped into the number 10 um, role that Easton vacated has been a joy to watch so far. Um, and I do like to worry what we would do if he got an injury. Especially an injury, you know, if we miss him for one or two games, which is probably going to happen at some point in the season, because um, he <laughs> maybe he got himself sent off last season as well. Yeah. Um, if that were to happen, then you can live with that because you know you've got um, other midfielders there, and you, you would miss him in a game. But if he were to get a bad injury put him out for a, a long period of time, then we would miss him. But I think you know, and, and you can talk about recruitment and stuff like that. That would be the case no matter who you were realistically able to bring in. I don't think there's any chance we're going to go out there in uh, the next few weeks and months, uh, well, month that the loan window runs for, and sign someone who could keep Adam out of the team. So I don't think it's possible we could go in and get a replacement who's as good, but he's stepped up from last year, and he's even better by the looks of things. He's really stepped into that role. We knew a bit about Justin Devaney from his short spell and a few appearances last season, but clearly Reese really, really liked what he's seen from him in training and stuff like that, because he was one of the first people he brought in that wasn't a retention from last year. And he's been really, really impressive for someone that we didn't see much of. I thought he's played really, really well and looked really, really tidy. And as Darren said, his wee touch, his wee composed, classy cushion touch to let Frizz lash that in was just just sublime. Um, I, I think there's been some really impressive performances for those two guys that we, we knew, one a lot better than the other, but are both in their own different ways showing a lot more than they than they did last year?
1: I think everybody's been I think if been a, a success, to be honest. I don't think there's there's anything bad. I think they've only had a, a pretty poor game on Saturday. seem to what, keep tripping over the ball a wee bit. And I think what if, if Jameson had been Dylan Easton then he would be allowed to just stay on and, and give the ball away. And like games like against Falkirk and things like that, the three or four times he actually did stuff, he was nearly making the difference. And he, he is an exciting talent. And as Andrew said, Frizzle's stepped up big time. If that guy could shoot, he'd be, he'd be unbelievable. Do you know what I, mean? I mean, he can. He's, he's not bad at shooting. But for the amount of chances you can create, the way he drives with the ball and that, he's, he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, Cammy's been really good. I can I never remember if it's Banintine or Valentine, but Cammy's been been excellent as well. Um, I think he didn't get forward as much on Saturday, but I mean he he just gets stuck in, and it's, it's not really something I noticed at Mintros but for, for day it was just he's just been absolutely fantastic, and he's he's getting at the back post. There's with like stumbles and things and. It's like should you should you be there, pal? But he's he's, he's absolutely fantastic. And he's willing to get in, and I think they've been uh, they been really good. Um, ben, um, he's not been he's I don't know. He he seems a bit as if he's playing within himself because I heard he's like like he's very good at like shooting in things. The boy that came in for Celtic, I think Ben Wiley. I was going to kept wanting to say Wilkie, but I knew that was wrong. Ben Wiley, but he. Um, He's he's getting some. Camera's not fair because he's not. It's not but he's been, been quite amazing. But I think he's 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 kind of been safe with the ball and he holds. He, he knows what he's doing the positional sense and things. So he's been no bad. Josh Ray. It's nice just to have a big goalkeeper and and have that threat. I think one of the goals he lost. He get down a bit slow. I think that was against maybe Edinburgh City. I don't know if he was blinded or whatever. But apart from that, he seemed really decent as well. But Murray Johnson was like a phenomenon since he's came. He's been absolutely fantastic. I don't blame him at all for the goal and, um, at the weekend, I think. I think that was just just one of these things with the amount of pressure we were getting. But no, it was good. It's funny that Dunfermline probably made more chances for long throws in 15 minutes, and we did in three seasons. <laughs> and we had about six day a six-day game.
0: Also remarkable, just looking at the pictures of uh, how much Josh Edwards has bulked up because he was quite a skinny-looking wee wee guy when he played for us, and he's this big monster that's throwing the ball. in. and what about Craig Watson? Somebody turned him into a, a quarterback. I mean, he was dropped out of the team, and from the moment uh, he lost his place to. Kyle uh he never looked back. I don't think he's mm. put a foot wrong, but the last couple of games, these long, precision long balls, that he's played have been quite something.
2: He's, he's been excellent. and I thought he was really good um, all match um, against Dunfermline. I thought defensively he was solid. I thought, obviously, we, we knew he had that in his locker because he'd done it last week against Alola and played that excellent ball in which uh, Gabby finished sublimely well. But he's clearly got that in his locker as well and has that flexibility if Cami Ballantyne was to pick up an injury, then you know Watson's capable of being successful at right back in League One. Big Jani can can do that. And he's also got this passing ability. He's very athletic. He can come out with the ball too, which obviously is important to what Reese wants to do, to be able to split the center half. some we've seen it when he was playing centre half with Dicey. And then when we switched things up a bit second half and Reese Dropped in between the two of them And he was playing your right side at centre half And that's why he's in that position to put that cross in Very, very effective And another one of these players who's been retained And, um, you know, I thought we had a lot of good players last year Who did a lot of things right But he's yet another player who looks better So far, at least, early days and all that But has looked better than he did last season Which, I mean, which is I mean, something
3: I, I, I thought Craig Watson was, was brilliant last season and, and that allows our other midfielders to kind of get in around the box. You know, Frizzle or, you know, Smith when he's playing that wee bit further back. Rather than them delivering that ball, if you've got a full-back that's capable of driving up and playing that ball in, it allows these creative players to get in and cause more trouble for defenders. Which is why I thought, although I was chuffed with his signing, um, bringing in Cammy Ballantyne, I thought, here's a good player, but how are we going to manage to fit him and Watson in the team? And we found a way to make it work. I believe Watson played centre-back quite a lot when he was at East Fife and not, not always predominantly right back. So he, he's clearly kind of happy maybe maybe with both. But I thought having played a full season almost exclusively at right back, I was wondering how that was going to go. And clearly it's been it's worth a treat, actually, you know, having them both in the team. So it's it's good to have those options as well at the back. As you say, if Ballantyne's injured and stuff, we know that he's capable, more than capable of, of going across that right back position and, and causing problems for teams.
2: I did okay. feel a wee bit bad for you Ewan uh, Devaney on Saturday against Demferman. Um Even when he won a tackle, it just seemed to bounce the wrong way after that and go to Dunfermline player or something, and you sometimes get those games. But he, whoever we signed at left-back was always going to be the player that other teams were going to target because at right-back was going to be Cammy Ballantyne. Yeah. So no matter who it was, was always going to be getting under more pressure and facing more attacks down his side than, than would have otherwise been the case than, than his equivalent number um, so until Saturday I thought he'd done really really well and hopefully um you know he's, he's a young player as well hopefully Reese can make sure him and Jameson who until Saturday had looked electric and tore Alawa apart can make sure those guys pick up from the weekend and don't let not their best game so far um,
1: asking a left them. back Asking a left back To play in grass Man that's ridiculous I mean <laughs> we're <playing> grass What's the <laughs> yeah, doing We're in? Should have a word With the league And get teams that play in grass <laughs> Kicked
2: out It's a disgrace I, I give them points deducted What are we going to do In the winter <laughs> Terrible <laughs> yeah, We'll never catch on
0: right, Now we mentioned Long throws Should We have been Leaving Dunfermline With a defeat uh, With a, the goal That was chopped off Late on What well, Common <laughs> assault The guy's lucky Not to be in jail I, I mean the throw-in
1: as well. The guy was pretty much running at the eighteen-yard box. <laughs> I, I couldn't see that far up the park. I was, I, I was yeah. waiting your dad tell me what to do, Colin. He was, <laughs> he was relaying the match in my ear because um, it was too far away for me to see. But, um, I, I mean the keeper got a shove. It was right, sort with the back, and the, I think that some of the camera angles for the fans and stuff they were saying it wasn't touched. But the wee was, the wee guy was definitely fouled. So. I think it was. I think it was
2: fair. I think uh, we all bemoan all season long when you see it against your team. You say, "Oh, goalies get too much protection, and uh, goalies get um, away with things that a centre half would never, never be a foul on a midfielder or a centre half." And there's 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 truth to that. Um, And if that had been ruled out for us as a winner at home, I'd be spitting blood. But you know what? It didn't happen to us. It happened to them, and they invaded on the park and were raging about it. So I thought it was really bloody funny.
1: Yeah. We had the we had the corner against Falkirk as well. They <laughs> all just missed, like Aye, it it's goes, off, the off the post, the <laughs> And then we, like, the, the referees gave a, a, a corner. They're all going mental, and we score for the corner. <laughs> uh, get yeah. it up them. And um, the referees are crap, but they seem to be like looking after us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I it.
0: Um, it actually reminded me of you know, a couple of seasons ago. The first game we played Thistle at Firhill when they were in the league. And there was that penalty shout, which we saw it. Like slowed down a hundred times. It was like uh, Cal Gallagher probably did get fouled, but it didn't get given. And we a lot of your fans weren't very excited about it. And probably was like, well, uh, move on. It's like, You've not got it, so yeah, uh, it's nice to see one go for us. Uh, but yeah, I think it was a goal all day long. I don't. I think. He, <laughs> I think his heel was on the line, and I don't think there was enough contact on. Uh, I, I, do, I do. have a
1: complaint, Colin.
0: What's that? Um,
1: just the champion football for last year. We haven't scored a, a goal throughout the box or an overhead kicker like 30 passes everything's like a scramble and I've realised that none of the teams in the league can actually shoot because if we can shoot then we would have scored at least eight against Aloha. Um and we probably had about, about 35 goals by now
0: no, I think, I think go there, the, the,
1: I've got a case of that as well
0: the pen seems to have gone missing, so uh, for the time that's left between, not that the window really matters, but for as long as we can sign free agents or whatever, what is that what you want, Darren? Do you want a Kerr McEnroy type that can hammer it from 25 yards?
1: I think, I, I just want the guys to take their slippers off and start what, scoring like they were <laughs> last year.
2: Hitting it it me a bit of violence.
1: Uh, I, th- I think if he's done well, I think Smith, I mean, he could. He had three sitters against Dalla, and I think Gabby's probably the best. They are shooting out the mall and uh, I think he's been I don't know if it's a new park as well. Everybody just seems to be a sclap thing, and then you've got the Alola guy and then Allegra who just, just trip over with the balls. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? We're we're trailing them a and in, in their shoes for years and that we're <laughs> accustomed to them. But these Mexicans, like and obviously some some guy for a as well. It's just like this one sport, they just keep like like falling like comically. So <laughs>
2: I think um, Gabby's one against Allah was a good finish and Frizzles was a good finish. So maybe that's them starting to click in, Darren. Maybe maybe on Saturday against Edinburgh we'll hit some top corner efforts. Oh, oh, Edinburgh went about
1: 39 (laughs) shots or something against (laughs) them. And it was like, they were just sclapping all the time. Like, Gal and Saturday, like, just hit it with your left foot. It probably
2: came too soon, but... No, he had too much time to think about it. Wasn't he um, just bouncing at him? a few yards so he had too much time to think and try and shoot if he'd been kind of fired at him or something like that he'd have put I it in I could know what a few keep and
1: things like that <laughs> and, then, and then stick it in but I think it's it's. I mean we're creating so many chances we're going to score it anyway but um, if, if we can get more clinical then I, th- I think we're in business
0: and I feel it does feel like Callum Smith hasn't quite got his goal scoring form from last year yet and I keep hearing that that lj just needs a goal to get him off and running so yeah hopefully we do start scoring uh even more goals uh, especially with the of fixtures that we've got coming up but what about that so we keep going on about this in every podcast we've not made that many signings yet do you expect to see much over the next couple of weeks I mean, we're almost a quarter of the way into the season but the squad is very thin as some of you have touched upon so re- re- let's give you Job as director of football, you can sign three different positions. You don't need to give me names, but but what do you want to sign to complete the squad? I think obviously it's been something that a lot of fans have picked up on and mentioned that
3: it looks like we have a very strong starting eleven uh, and maybe one or two on the bench, but outside of that, it, it is then It's it's depending on a lot of young guys, which as we seen with the likes of Scott McGill on loan last season, you know was capable of a, a nine out of ten performance when he was on it and capable of a two or three out of ten performance at times. And that, that's, that's quite typical of young players. And so it's no disrespect to them to say that, you know, these players have done well, but it wouldn't be unusual for them to have a, re- a real dip in form. So you're looking at areas of the park. Up front, we've got so many options, um, you know, between Smith, Gabby, Salim, Gallagher. You know, we can play, whether that's playing with one or two or, th- or three, um, Lewis Jameson, Frizz playing a wee bit deeper. Um, we've got enough options up top, and I think a lot of really capable forwards. So that that would that would almost be the, the lowest priority, I would say. Um, I, w- I would probably be looking at potentially central midfield, somebody maybe to sit in alongside McCabe. Um, we know that McCabe's versatile enough to play at centre back because he did it for a large part of last season. Um, so I would say, and, and we've got cover there um, as well. So. If anything did happen to any of the centre backs, I think we'd all be comfortable with, with Reese um, going back. So probably another central midfielder, I would say, would be priority number one. Um, probably a strong left back as well. How many are actually available on the market? Um, but as Andrew touched on earlier as well, a, a lot of teams will know that that'll be the side to, to exploit if, you, if you're going to be using any kind of width in your play and you're going to be attacking down the flanks. You know, you, you're looking at those those two sides. The Left side is going to be left side all day long. So, how many? Left backs have, are still available on the market that are affordable, but are of roughly the same caliber and quality of, uh, as Ballantyne or even Watson. I, I don't know, but that that would probably be an area to, to strengthen. And in addition to the fact that, that Ewan Devaney is a, a young player as well, and just just as I mentioned before, it wouldn't be unusual to see any kind of dip in form. So, um, I, w- I would probably be looking at left back and central midfield. Um, it's kind of the two priorities. If we could even fill one of them, um obviously a lot of people are talking about health being on, on trial and things like that and supposedly playing with the team. So if we could get somebody with a wee bit wee bit of experience um that, that can play the way that we want to play, that'll be direct and quick and not hang about on the ball, um, and I think that would that would probably be so, something
0: that would add something to the team. Right. So a left a left back and central midfielders. Any any up increase in the bidding on that, Andrew, Darren? I think um
2: if we could get, I totally agree. And I think the word that um, Andrew used there that's perhaps crucial here is versatility. Um, if we could get someone in there who can provide cover down the left side and can play as part of a four as a left back and play as part of a three as maybe left sided centre half, someone in Janny's mold, then if anything does happen to four dice, we're very comfortable. Um, or comfortable-ish putting them in there. I know Fordyce is made out of steel and leather and um, aggression and skill to be fair to him because he's decent at football. As did well. Diamonds. <laughs> yes, that's it. You got I that's, should have thought of that. Damn. Um, <laughs> but and he's only he only missed ever missed games through to COVID really for Airdrie. But should something happen to him there, I think he would be a, a big big loss. And I think as much as Reese did Really, really well when he slotted in at centre back last season. It partly was because of how good he is, and partly because it was with Dicey, who he's able to build a good relationship with. And um, so, if we get someone who could do the kind of things that Jani can do, but on the left hand side, so could do left back if your left back's injured and compete for that spot with Ewan and could play left side of centre, I think that would be that would be a find. Um, I think. Middle of the park. Um, I don't know. Obviously, we've only seen McMaster, who's a central midfielder, for about an hour against Cowden Beath before one of their cluggers took him one. Um, and hopefully, if he does come back, we'll see what kind of midfielder he is and what kind of role he might have if he were to get into the starting lineup. But I do think we maybe need a wee bit of additional steel in the middle. Um, someone who, as Andrew says, can sit with uh, with Reece, potentially, if need be, if we need to change it, and could be a wee bit more of a a battle or a destroyer in there. Um, that would be a nice kind of player to have in the squad, should we need to mix it up a wee bit. But, I think we're sorted in forward areas. You know, they've all scored. Um, they've all missed chances, but strikers will do that, especially the doors. They have all scored. Um, Gale's got four. Uh, you know what I mean? So, there's, there's goals in the team already and hopefully that will continue to flow. There's good midfielders in there. So reinforcements, guys who can fill in for when injuries are there and maybe some more experienced heads would would be nice. But I'm not really that worried about it. I think we will probably sign a couple of free agents and there's probably one or two loans still to, still to be finalised. They'll certainly be looking for it. I know that the squad's not massive, but I think... There were times last season and other seasons where the squad was too big, where there was too many players in the squad not really seriously competing for game time that you looked at and they, they played their roles and they, they tried their best and they were called upon. But in all seriousness, best well in the world to them, were not really serious contenders for a place in the starting eleven. So if you carry too many like that, it, it can be a problem and it can, it can weigh on you and it can cause problems within the squad and doesn't really add anything. I would like us to have a a squad of players who you could all realistically plausibly see as stepping into their positions and stepping into their roles. Some experienced guys who can help would be nice, just because we do have such a young squad. And we had the youngest squad in the league last year. And as as Andrew said, eventually young players tend to take wee dips. But no, I'm I'm not too I'm not too fussed by that. I think there's one or two areas we need backup in, particularly that left side of defence. But apart from that, I think we're, we're pretty solid, all things considered. I, I worry about the depth. I think like,
1: we're taking too long in games to make substitutions. Right? We're not making what, a lot of file at McLennan at Folkert we're just waiting for somebody to get injured so we can run the victory. <laughs> but like, like Saturday, we needed, we needed to change it up and I, I think I think Murray. The first half of last year, the squad was a bit narrow as well, and the trust wasn't there in some players. And uh, I think I think we're overplaying them, and we do have sort of a sort of high velocity style. Do you know what I mean? Teams can try and out passes and pop the ball about and closes down. Good luck doing that for the whole game, right? Every team's struggling against us. They're going to have to come up with other plans, and if we can get some other players in. And maintain that sort of um, tempo, that's the word I was probably looking for earlier, for longer, then it's good. I agree with the left hand side. Um Kami has been playing right mid as well at points during the season as well. He can swap it up with Jani, they can take turns around. That side's covered. A left-footed center half or somebody that's really mobile would be good. In terms of the left midfield, if we've got another midfielder or if if Ben starts to put in some performances and things. Frizzle, Smith, Jameson, they can all play down the left and even Devaney could push up if if you want a three. We've got so much versatility in the squad. It's really easy for us to change our shape. We can drop in, like go into midfield as well. And then I think we struggle to hold on to the ball like up front. went. We've always sort of struggled to win headers. I think Miguel tried to do it on Saturday. It didn't really work. I think we could persist with that as well. But if you could have somebody that was, maybe you can bring on late in the game, and throw some not better than um, Connor Salmon, obviously. And maybe call it Connor Salmon ten years ago or something. But I mean, somebody that can like, hold the ball up just for to change it up if you are struggling, because if if we need a, an out ball, we need somebody bigger. We need somebody that's that's faster. And I think a lot of people think our strikers are fast. Personally, I don't. I want somebody like the speedy Morrison that that's at Volker. Somebody that blistering pace that you hit it over the top then but they're always they're always worried they're at a corner that they're sweating. They got to have like extra cover back. Something like that would be a nice luxury to have.
3: I suppose Smith Smith is relatively fast in terms of forward line and you've got Salim to be fair with his injury problems we've not seen much of him but is is decent at holding the ball up. But Those are all fair points. I think the versatility is probably a big one. Um, And as you said as well, Andrew, you don't want too big a squad. Particularly, I think with what's happened with this, you know, development group that's coming in, they've got a genuine chance. You know, however much it is, a wee bit of first team football, whether it's wee cameos here and there, which a lot of bigger clubs don't get that opportunity. So I think it would be a bit of a failure on that part just to sign you know, three, four, five bodies that were all kind of, and maybe had a couple seasons experience and almost by default pushed these academy lads further down the pecking order when based on what we've seen so far, there's there's potential there. Um, and set, okay, not to depend on them as regular starters, but as guys to bring in that can perform for 20, 30 minutes at a time every few weeks. Um, you know, we, we need to have that, that opportunity there for them uh, to come in and, and go and perform and, and try and prove themselves, I think.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, if there's players in any position that are available out there, that are free agents or that are available on loan or that um fought a favor at a club and somehow become available or something like that, get transfer listed in any position that's better than what we have, then I'm sure they'll they'll take them and I'm sure all the fans would take them. Um, but sometimes they would be realistic about what actually is out there you know there's not a 40 goal a season striker out there at League One that's not attached already they don't We're exist so been...
1: sorry no we've no been, we've been sweating do you know what I mean we've been sweating and the players we've waited Rhys is playing the gamble it's so all yeah. it's going to go amazingly well it's going to go wrong and the guys that, that that's in the window or whenever it finishes I think it's I don't know how it relates to the Premier League One I think that finishes in eight but um, I, he knows he knows what he wants the players he's got in he's done good recruitment with so what well, we just we don't want anyone but we need to we, we need to change it on have, have a have a wee bit extra cover I wouldn't say we need four or five players but we need we need a couple even if yeah. they're just like a midfielder that can slip into defence or go into midfield and but just sort of fudge a position or just just give a bit of energy in the park then I, th-
2: I think we need that. But yeah, I think it's it's, it's having the kind of guys that will fit, kind of guys that are available, and the kind of guys who are going to be able to play in the kind of key positions that we're lighter on than we are in some positions.
0: Yeah. And, um, and, and if there's
2: better guys out there in positions that are already settled, then brilliant, we'll take them. But um, I think um, Andrew's point about some of the um, academy players I know he's, he's been in, on the bench all the time and that might just be because we've not brought other players in yet but the appearances he did have in the League Cup Cole Gibson didn't do anything particularly wrong the odd bad pass here and there in his opening game but he's someone who I imagine might get game time as, as things go along and things like the Challenge Cup match with Alawa and stuff like that I would have no qualms about giving some of these guys a look in there and keeping them about the first team environment um, we
1: we need of to do that. We need to do that to continue to get loan players for the likes of Celtic and yeah. the bigger clubs. Gibson was excellent against. I think it was Edinburgh City. Maybe made his de- debut against, but there was a difference in the, the physicality. It was like boys yeah. be men. He wasn't. Yep. He didn't. He's not got that. He's not like a, a really fast young person. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not to say he won't be that fast, but I think I think I think that he's he's not he's not quite there yet, but if if you get uh, 12 players because of sickness and things like that... Yeah, he, yeah, no, you know, I don't. There, there's,
2: there's a lot of worse players there that you could have, but certainly... Honestly, you know, as, as, as Colin said the at the start... Oh, we definitely do, and as Colin said at the start, the transfer window shutting, you know, for teams buying players off other teams and selling players to other teams, doesn't it apply to us? We're not going to go in and, and buy players off another club no. that are already under contract, so... The things we've got to be looking at on the market are players who are available for whatever reason, free agents who are so far unattached. The worry, obviously, when you do that, is that these guys are five, six, seven, because of the things at like the League Cup, weeks yeah. behind the rest of the squads. So when they come in, you've got to try and build them up. Yeah. And that means giving them game time and matches that might be tight. And, you know, you, you need to kind of... How, we'll, how we'll manage that remains to be seen, but... You know, like as as Darren said, the players that Viz has brought in, I've I've liked what I've seen of most, if not all of them. You take caveats like McMaster because the pro lad got an injury straight away, but the recruitment's been good so far, even if it's um, quality over quantity. But you know, we d- we don't want to have a squad full of players who we can't really trust to do a job. Mm-hmm. So it's a balancing act, and as Darren said, it's. You're always...
1: It's like, it's like a game it's of always chicken. Always a risk. Yeah, aye, there's like always a, a risk. A, it's like a game of chicken. Maybe a full or Dunferman with their extra fans and stuff. They could afford to have the luxury of an extra player or get somebody and then find someone better and then just get them in anyway. But we can't really afford to to do that. But the ones that buy up early around all the other teams, if if, if we wait to the final hour, then... Yeah.
2: It's...
1: it's, I, I, it's I think it's,
0: uh, you
3: can I, bust or you I can. Uh, on, Darren, you, had, you, you touched on it a wee minute ago, but you're caught on in terms of making us an appealing club for players to go to. If the, if the loan market is going to be something that we're exploiting, and I know it gets this phrase gets overused a lot of time in kind of sports media and all that, but the, the culture being created at the club and all that, it you know we're starting to build a reputation. You know that we, we can trust young players, but our expectation levels of them are high. And we obviously see it with the likes of McEnroy, um, with with Afalabi, Afolabi, with with Parson. We're not afraid to give these younger guys a bit of an opportunity. We've clearly not been afraid to do that with Ben Wiley, with McMaster, um, with Daveny. You know, with, with all these players. But the expectation levels have got to be high. Clearly, if we can carry on doing that, then maybe we are a more appealing place um, for these bigger clubs to to look at us um, to, to send their players on loan.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And there are teams who have get bigger squads than us already um, and who have had bigger squads in for, for a wee while now and I look, um, the Aloha game they had a much bigger bench than we did but I wouldn't have taken any of their starting 11 or any other bench ahead of the players we had even though we had less of them so I'm fine with the quality over quantity approach so long as we you know don't over gamble and leave ourselves bare which is the obvious and natural fear we're all going to have but there's always an element of gamble signing any player and I think the guys seem sensible so far. They don't seem reckless to me. Um, And I think we've all got that impression that they're sticking to the plan, sticking to the agenda. And I think not just the start they've had, but we we know um, Reese and Dicey quite well from last season and Dicey even longer than that. I think they deserve our trust, albeit I will obviously be refreshing the Airdrie Twitter feed as much as anybody else for sight of that pen Mm -hmm. and being delighted when I do see it so obviously we don't want to be waiting forever but it's only a few wee positions I think we need strengthened in I don't think and I think the start we've had's maybe calmed a lot of us down a wee bit because understandably very early on before you've seen a ball kicked you look at the numbers Um, beef, we didn't really have a bench you know we played with 10 men because the only other options is maybe putting uh, Hutton on to play outfield. Um, or putting, uh, was it you Colin that suggested but, uh, Big Josh <laughs> up front <laughs> and put Hutton in goals uh-huh. in that game. But um, we're not in that position now and we've gone on a, a good run of results since then, which has hopefully calmed us all down. And what you have both talked about will have helped make us look an appealing prospect for some guys who may have had offers and might be kind of, Humming and hawing and waiting to see if they want to be a part of it. I can imagine they want to be a part of it now.
0: Yeah, we'll wait and see what by next month's podcast, uh, who, who's joined. But hopefully, there's there's just a, a little bit more quality. Would be great, Darren. You mentioned clubs with extra fans. I think one of the things that's cheered me most uh, this season is uh, is an increase in the the support. So post all the nonsense after the the Cove game last year. I said uh, to a newspaper reporter, I felt like the the, the club was, or I felt like the club's dying in front of my eyes, and what when I got a lot of stick for that. But basically, my my concern is over my lifetime, the crowd is just constantly going down. And even Ian Murray's team playing good football, being on a good run last year, like the Montrose home game, not the playoff game, the one before that, the, the crowd was still like seven eight hundred. It just really worries me. Whereas uh, this year, the Aloe game. I think we're up into four figures. So that's as a percentage. That's a good gain. Uh I just wondered. Why is that? I think it might be down to, it was almost a bit of a simmering resentment with some fans with they just didn't buy into Ian Murray, uh, maybe because of his slow start or whatever, I didn't like some of his tactics. Darren, you've already said, it's nice to have people up at corners. Um, I don't know if it's just a genuine buzz. I've heard people who aren't Airdrie fans that have listened to some of McCabe's interviews saying, oh, he speaks really well. Um, so interesting to see, but I'm just really uh, pleased to see the, the, the attendance is going in the right direction. And if you can add 200 in every game, then uh, it might just make it a bit easier for the, the board to get that pen out because uh, it will make a big difference. But I don't know, just anecdotally from you guys, do you feel like uh, fans are more positive this year? I didn't see too many grumpy voices on uh, on the Facebook page, even not that there's much to moan about, but it seems an even happier camp than it was last year. Darren, what, you what are your mates saying?
1: I mean, it's great that tends have gone up. I, th- I think it's just more of a community club. I think there's more positive messages. And I think if there's a battle, I mean, you can have spells and it can be flashing the pans. But with Murray going, there was a risk of that going. And the fact that the football still continued to be good. I-, I think that's a factor. I think with Easton leaving, he was sort of the star quality that would attract the punters. But I think we moved the ball faster and better. And quite, he's not going to get the ball to corner flag, beat four guys, and sort of slap it in the go or, or set someone else up. But the football's still been a high standard. Although, I, 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 we're due a I think we're going to score a few white like, crackers the next few weeks. But I think, I think this, I think all the positivity helps. I think the players spend so much time with the young fans. I think Reese does the coach in at the club. Um, I mean, I would, I would have all the, the the teachers in the schools like, showing the highlights at assemblies and things like that. Then you go and doctor at the kids. I think Folk are a brilliant club for doing that. Um, I've got a client who lives down south, and his daughters like went through the academy, playing the girls' football and things like that, and he still looks out for the results, and I still text them every time we thrash them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, so taste them quite regularly.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, Four times a year.
2: <laughs>
0: I do like the idea of whether you like it or not, we're all going to sit and watch the other highlights and assembly. That's, that's okay, definitely win. something all all in And
1: and, and the kids and they wouldn't know any better unless they've been at the games, but we just show like old highlights like, and things <laughs> and just, just yeah, get Andy to, to dub it because Andy's in the <laughs> That's fine, uh, uh, nice. Uh, for me. It's <laughs>
0: this Antonio Calderon chap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, well, the Andrews, are you, you feeling any difference in just kind of the atmosphere around the club? I'm just, it's uh, just such a, a big increase for that. aloe game, small sample size, that it does make me think. Oh, are just more people on board after? Maybe it's even after just attending the playoff final and thinking, oh, I'll have a bit more of that. They want to come back.
2: Yeah, I think I think there's a, probably a few elements at play. I think um, the fact that we didn't fall off a cliff after the end of last season you know which a way a lot of us worried we might that we would lose the manager and all the players and be starting over from scratch And a point some has been or some uh, kind of uninspiring managerial choice but I think the fact that we got a quite an exciting and interesting managerial choice and then signed on a lot of the good players from last year um, that helps the good football that we played the positive result in the League Cup against St Mirren I know that um, we didn't progress out the group but that gets people interested and um, will have impressed a lot of people who have been humming and hawing about whether to go and then when you open your league campaign well it just gets people on board early you know when they start coming in the summer months and things go well it's just that natural psychological element to it where it encourages you to go because you've started well when you've been more likely to go out there if the season started in the winter Um, and you got off to a stinker of a start, it probably wouldn't go there. And when you do get a slow start in the league and then start to pick up around September, October time, your results start to get better in a period of time where it's just very unattractive thing to do on a Saturday afternoon. Um, So the fact that we started so well and started our league campaign at home with a 4-0 thrashing... um, will have been part to play of why so many people went, oh, I'm going to the next home game because that I I want a bit of that. That that was good. I wish I'd went to that game. Um, That all played a part there. So if it sustains, brilliant. And hopefully it does sustain and keep growing. Um, But I think that's going to come down to if the results sustain and keep growing. And if they do, I'm quite optimistic that the crowds will stay strong. Yeah, I I
3: think there was a good wee bit of groundwork done by Ian Murray, you know, like him or lump him. Um, that was our most successful season in what a decade. So, and I think the playoff final showed with it with that packed, absolutely packed main stand, how many dormant fans there are. Uh, you know, in, in, the, in the surrounding areas or from slightly further afield. You know, it's, p- people are there and willing to go to games, as as Andrew says, as it needs to be. You know, ideally, can we take advantage of a time when it's a wee bit more appealing to go? The retention as you said, has massively helped in being able to play good football, but people don't want to see a team that's good at knocking it about and losing games. The the, the results have been there and and we've got some headlines. We're playing young players, we're playing good football, good young manager, good result in the Cup against an SPL team. All these things just just added up kind of go in your favour, but um, the the results need to keep coming. But I think it's the the groundwork was done there last season. You know, it, it, it kind of that was the wee taste of it. And now people want want more. And it looks like this could be another season where we're up there and, and we're there or thereabouts again. So so that's exciting. It is appealing to go.
1: The atmosphere still pretty, like, dross at home, isn't it? Like, the singing and everything. Like, I wouldn't be singing There's Only One Ian Murray or something or <laughs> Give Us A wavy you or know, whatever. I wouldn't have done that last season anyway. But, I mean, there's, there's none of that. I feel a song. People are huge Gal fans and things like that. Nobody sings about him. and I think if there's more of that, it'd be better. I mean, we're top of the league. We can't even sing we're top of the league. How many, how often are we top of the league? Like a week against Alowa last year? Come on. No, Maybe all the years I've watched,
2: I've
1: been top of the league for about 10 weeks. Um, you
2: see... The the Firmland fans <laughs> started singing it on Saturday, and then about ten seconds later we scored and went top of the league and put them second. So maybe there's a fear of jinxing it. Never I don't know. Obviously, the the stadium being what it is in terms of a, an atmosphere doesn't help because you, unless it's a big supported opposition, then you're going to have three stands closed, and it always makes it a wee bit tastier when you can see the opposition the esteemed opposition across the field um, right. that always livens things up a bit but hopefully if we keep going then we can liven things up a wee bit um, Colin will no doubt start getting some uh, tunes written about players I say written he'll, he'll, he'll like uh, massacre some classics
1: I think the, the, the old section beer get reminiscent now Dunfermline Folk are, they're, they're doing some fights and things like yeah, that. I, the yeah. and stuff are getting up but we don't really want any of that but um, I don't know. It's, it's 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 good to it's good to see all the the fans getting there. Yeah. Do you not think, Colin, like they spent all that money in the park because I've got like, a tanoi system? Do you think like not being able to hear the players' names and things, do you think that's a no,
0: fair no, I, I think it's safe standing what you what would really help. But yeah. I mean the, the people do stand up the far end of the, the stadium anyway. I don't know. I think but if you could have a safe standing but behind the goals for Two, three hundred. Uh people would some people would want to go along there and and be more likely to sing and stuff like that. But uh, we'll wait and if the football continues and they get up a league then maybe that's the kind of thing that there's then budget for. They do need to choose what to spend money on. I think you want that central midfielder before you want the, the real seat put in this year. Um, right, I, but that, that's a good, another good segue Darren. Singing uh, top of the league, Andrew, you said like the final were a wee bit premature. Uh, I enjoyed the 10 minutes of singing it and it just made me think, at what points have you seen? football fans just making a bit of an arse of themselves by getting a wee bit too excited. So my, my yeah. favourite is uh the season when we beat Morton to to win the league. There was that big scandalous game down there when the referee got injured and a boy in a Morton top bounces onto the pitch and then reappears two minutes later and a referee in a refereeing kit and runs the line. Uh we then hit them again on the Tuesday night in the Challenge Cup. We went down uh would dog got Linesman's flags were waving them in the, the couch saying, <laughs> "Singing, F.O. You're going to win, F.O. We didn't. We won the league. They won nothing. So one game in, they, they, they nailed the cards to the mass that they were going to win the league, and we weren't. Uh, so that's probably my favourite moment. But any other times, it's it's gone wrong that you can think of.
1: Um, I think Keith Wright was playing with Dundee. I think. And he shot, and Johnny Martin, up, up at but I think we would won for like 27 years. And Johnny Martin touched it on at the post, and Keith Wright would actually run away, like, celebrating as if he'd scored. And I think it came out to Alan Lawrence or Stevie Gray, but one of them ran up the length of the park. I think it was Alan Lawrence, and he worked it in low, and Stevie Gray just, like, volleyed it into the, the, the bottom of the net. But it wasn't a fan, but Keith Wright was like, I'm saying he was running away as if he was he'd actually scored. He <laughs> just on there. First spun against the post or something. And then we just ran up and then we beat them. And we hadn't beaten a dance for
2: years. There was a, a belter last year. That mad game against Dumbarton. When uh, Paul Payton made it 2-2. They only had eight men and they made it 2-2. And he was running down the main stand giving it big <laughs> licks and their fans were going mental because the game was nearly finished and they get a draw, you know, with eight men. And they were very, very pleased with themselves. Um, but, uh, but it happened again, Andrew, it happened again. It did as well, it did. they had
1: more players that time. They did, I, that
2: time. I, they did. But um, that was a particularly good one. And... Uh, The way the Aitman Throws bench erupted when they got their third goal in the second leg of the player semi-final last year, you would have thought not only had they then won that tie but they'd already got promotion into the, the top flight and were about to get some Champions League money the way they erupted and then after that it was all running about with the balls to try and make sure that the throw-ins were taken quickly because uh, we, <laughs> we we got them an absolute beezer. So you hate it when it happens to you, but it is, it is one of the funniest things in football. Like I say, when they Dunfermline fans <laughs> ended up on the park game five, oh, even, right. if, even right. if that had stood, it's game five, <laughs> you absolute dough balls, what are you playing at?
0: I is M- is M- it.
1: M- That's another question. Has M- that else actually done a pitch invasion for an offset goal?
2: <laughs> <laughs> not yet. I should is say. I was going to say never, to but game? not yet. It's going to happen one day, no doubt. The game finished about five past five. They were on the park for about <laughs> seven minutes.
3: <laughs> yeah, as, as, as we're covering all the years, we've, we've had one from last season, one from um, 10 years ago. I'll go bang in the middle. There was a game at Dens Park against Dundee on Boxing Day. This would have been like I'd go 2006, 2007, that, that kind of time. And they went 2 0 up. They scored just before half time. They were, they were 2 0 up at half time. We made it 2 1 with about 15 minutes left, maybe. we were roughly on the hour, hour mark there or thereabouts. Pronty scored an equaliser on 89 minutes uh, and then scored. Uh, and, and All their fans were leaving and were obviously given a you know, like a, you know cheerio chants and all that kind of stuff but they weren't even out the stadium before we scored the winner prunty again 90 second <laughs> minute it slipped past Kelvin Jack and I think he was like crawling over the line every, every fan in the away stand just blowing it <laughs> but it just it sweetened the deal it was I uh,
0: I remember that. that. That was a great game. It wasn't long after the 4-3 up at East End Park where they were giving that's it to easy, easy... Yeah, that's right. Now. I also, So, nah, so Dunferno fans are great for it, basically. They're, they're very excitable. All <laughs> right, gents. Uh, we've got oh, about 10 minutes left in the, before this is cut off again, but uh, we started with reflecting on the last month, which we'd previewed on last, last month's podcast. So, the games coming up are uh, FC Edinburgh, at home, Montrose away, Clyde at home and then Aloha in the Challenge Cup. So not, not a great draw there. Uh, what does a good month look like? Mr. Sneddon on debut, we'll start with you.
3: Well, look, looking at the, the teams that we've played um, and, and where they sit on the table now, it, it is quite a mixed bag. You, you know, uh, right from team, teams that kind of seventh and eighth, to you know, a draw against them who are obviously equal on points for us. And then looking at the next handful of games, I think the only team that has had a better result than us in any of our fixtures so far is Clyde managing to beat Queen of the South 4-1. So we shouldn't be, I don't think we should be fearful of any of the teams that, that, that we're coming up against. Okay, we've not played everybody in, in the league yet, so top of the league is a, is a kind of, not a false position, but I think that the league tends to be much more reflective after you've played your, your first nine games and, and you've played everybody. But there's no team, based on their other results that they've had against the teams that we've already played, there's no other team that I think we should be fearful of. If we can get through this month with, I would say, I don't know, seven points or more, I would be happy. I think I would, I would leave us in a good position. I think obviously it's, it's dependent on, on other results, but I would say seven points or more from four games would be would probably leave us in a in a pretty good position. I think.
2: Um, I think the. Um, Aye, with three games Kazala was the, the challenge cup isn't it wait, wait um, not, sure. no, yeah. so seven from nine would be even better yeah we'll take that all day. <laughs> I'll take that um, well. no. I think win the home games um, we've had such a good August it'd be a real shame if we were to um, drop you know the anvil on the foot on Saturday at home against Edinburgh a team who let's face it we've never actually beaten we've not played them very many times but every time we have we've, we've drawn or get beat off them despite Usually being the better side, so let's make sure we take care of them on Saturday. We owe them one or two. Uh, if it is anything like the game we did play in the League Cup, albeit you know that was so so early, um, then we we'll, I expect we will be sharper than we were then. That game should have been out of sight by half time, so let's make sure we win that and win the Clyde game, win our home matches. Montrose is a very difficult away venue, always has been for us. And for loads of teams, not just us. It's not unique to us. It's a difficult place to go and get a positive result in. Um, And we've found that ourselves enough times to know it. So if that were to be where we pick up our first defeat, I think it's the end of the world. But uh, yeah, win the two home games against Edinburgh and Clyde, which won't be easy, but is definitely doable for this team. Um, And take anything we can take from Montrose. I'll be delighted with that win those two games. Challenge Cup, any new guys we do have in, any young guys, any squad players that haven't played that much, give them starts, give them game time. Not bothered. I think we should probably still win that anyway if we do that because, you know, Reese has put together a dream team. But, um, yeah, win those two home games. Anything beyond that, I'm not bothered. Win the two home games. Darren, any upgrade I'm, on Seven? I, I don't
1: fear any of the teams. I, I don't think the are stronger. I think they're, they're weaker. They're Part time we we're a full time hybrid. If we get a draw, fine. But a win or a draw, but I, I think I, I don't think we'll get beat up there. Clyde they beat Queen of the South, but they've really not shown much since then. I don't think. Did they beat Falkirk? No. Well, they didn't. No. Um, and Edinburgh. Have they? Have they got any points yet?
2: Or yeah, they, they won on they beat they they beat Aloa. They battled Aloa right four um, one, and they just beat Clyde 2 right. Just there, I think they so went, they went away and they
1: lost at home, do not
2: they? It it seems to be, although it was a it was a home win on Saturday. They did get their first home oh, win on Saturday there, uh, and then in that um, athletics track with a small football park in the middle of it. Yeah, um, I've been in
1: middle bank, because when you talk about funny stories. I remember John Butler switching the ball when um, Owen Coyle played them. They put the referee in the face and they knocked him out and the players all played on and the linesman actually had to run the park. I think everyone for 2 and Owen Coyle scored for the, the halfway line that night. So I've, I've been to a medal bank years ago before you were even born, Andrew, probably. But...
2: <laughs> I mean, that sounds good, but if anything as good as that would have happened this time and we're at the game, we're not going to be able to see it, unfortunately. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. They, they've had an okay start. Um in the league, they've had a couple of bad results and a couple of good results. So we'll see how they go. Yeah. But we should be winning that game. I think you you make a good point about Montrose, though, Darren. They they are weaker than they were last year. Um obviously we've got Cami Ballantine, the other Cami Ballantyne still sitting on the St Johnston bench, at least at the moment. Yeah. And not getting any games for them, whether he ends up at anybody or not, we'll, we'll wait and see. I think but they got McAllister, didn't they? They got McAllister, and he's started to score. He's got a couple of goals for them now. Yeah. They went ages without getting a single goal, and then they've started to get a couple of wins together. So, yeah.
1: and we'll see, hurling. they'll be hurting, but I think they'll be, they'll be scared of what we can do again,
2: big time. And they are weaker, they are weaker defensively and in the middle of the park. We, so need, we need to be
1: the teams. The Fairman, I mean, they can't shoot. Worth they, they can't what none of teams are. They, they can't they can't shoot. That's they're, they're playing after the, us. They're like Darren's going drills. to give
2: every team in this league shooting drills.
1: We're, we're actually got, I think, the, I think them Dunfermline and Airdrie have got the worst shooting stats in the whole league.
2: Can it be worse than Peter Heads? There was this, this, this,
1: the, this thing in the Fairman Courier and it was like. So, it was telling me like they went fifty with nine percent of headers and things like that. And Airdrie at what, when like forty one. another thing, it was like how did he beat Airdrie? another thing was is like we should have conceded five goals with the amount of chances we've given up this season, and we've only conceded two, I believe. Yeah. And it should have been five. And then it was like it was like what goal conversions and things like that. Oh, and aye, what I What Every other team didn't like was better, but we've had about a thousand each or something, one hundred seventy-five <laughs> in five games or something. So, um, I, so I, we we will start scoring anyway, but that's why these teams there's got there's got to be some nil-nil draws and things like that. And we've played all the top, we've kind of played the top teams or we think it's the top teams, and they've all kind of played us once. Yeah. So we 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 win these then we're we're going to be in a good place for the the
2: next. Or if we're, if we're still unbeaten come the end of September's fixtures, we're absolutely flying at the traps. That'd be something else. And I suppose it's not impossible, because those no. are all games that we can win, but I don't want to take anything for granted yet. We, we've we struggled enough with Edinburgh City, and we bizarrely struggled with Clyde last year, which really bugged me, obviously, living, living here. I, I mean, don't know what worry it, about that like, anymore. I mean, but...
1: I mean, we pounded them every... I know, every I know, game, I know, I so... know. Um,
2: so I'm not taking it for granted, but yeah, if we can win the two home, like I said, I'm happy enough we win the two home games, and if we do get a positive result against Montrose, brilliant. Because you are right, they are weaker, but take that as it comes.
0: So my hot take on it is, if you want to win this league, you need to do what our bro did, and I was like get ahead early. Uh, so we've played all the top teams, we need to capitalise if we if we want to win the league, which is a big ask. Win out the quarter uh, and, and uh, just get yourselves in front, and then be steady. Feels like a road when they used to come to us would quite often draw. like They weren't amazing away from home, but obviously that that home record. But yeah, all these teams that are Kelty, uh, FC Edinburgh, Clyde, they're the ones that are fancied to be down the bottom end of the league. So if we can do what we did last year and take care of them, uh, we'll be sitting really pretty come the end of the quarter. So that's the that's the challenge. Um,
1: the late, the lone players last year cost us the league with a slow start and the, the, the thinness of the squad cost us and 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 gave um, Cove Rangers the initiative. Imagine see if, see if we just remembered for the playoff and we shot straight at Max Curry, we would have beaten in the South easily like, then. See if we just like rolled it right like, in the middle of the goal, just like, what by one of the defenders, we would have scored a couple at least and would be would be even further ahead.
0: James, we're into the last minute, so we'll call it a day there, but thank you very much for your time and uh, hopefully next month we're looking back on a, a month of victories and Airdre sitting pretty at the top of the league. Thanks, guys. Thanks, yes,
1: brilliant. Thank you. See you See after. Later, boys. No